is Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups. We have another podcast guest today that we, I've really been looking forward to for quite some time. We've been talking for probably six to eight weeks trying to get this on the calendar. And Ivan, I am so glad you're with us. My guest today is Ivan Timelkoff. Ivan, sure. Share a little bit about who Ivan Timelkoff is. Well, thanks for um, the intro, Kevin. Uh, it's, a real, it's really a pleasure to be here. Really excited to be on, on your podcast. A little bit about Ivan. Well, I think we'll start with the Cliff Snell's version because um, otherwise it's the much long longer story. story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think it might it might need another session. Hey, you got to start uh, overseas, though. You know, you don't don't <laughs> don't short circuit that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um, I uh, my family emigrated from the from Bulgaria, Eastern Europe, at the age of when I was fourteen, moved to the U.S. Um, my family was just seeking, you know, better opportunities, a better life. Uh, my father basically uh, had $400 in his pocket and uh, arrives in the U.S. and it's kind of like, okay, what do I do from here? Uh, fast forward to that, you know, 25 years later, he's a business owner and, you know, kind of living the American dream, right? Which is, I think, what everybody wants or living the American dream version that everyone makes out of themselves. Um, Everything that I did when we first moved here is I'm, for the most part, what I've done with my career, everything has been self-taught. I've, I've always been this kid who, even at the earlier days in the playground, I was, you know, doing shady business with kids and trying to make deals and always getting into stuff that I probably shouldn't have been getting into. And I think that, were probably, that was probably one of the earliest signs of knowing that I wanted something out of life. I wanted something that I want to have ownership over, something that... Uh, I would be passionate about, but I didn't quite know what that was. So when we moved to the States, obviously, cultural, uh, language bar barrier, kind of learning the language, uh, blending in. Um, in my earlier teens, when we first moved here, as for the first couple of years that we were here, I was bullied because I was different. And, you know, kids kicked me around the bus, called me names, whatnot, you know, and I, I think that was a time where there was really so low self-esteem and, and confidence. And um, I think for a long period of time, a lot of people interpreted me as an introvert because of that, especially in my late teens and then in my early 20s. Um, a lot of people interpreted me as someone who maybe failed to express himself. And, you know, that's that was the impression that I had of myself, too. Like, I started to wonder, do I really fail to express <laughs> myself? And, you know, am I really different than everybody else? And I, Ivan, you know, I'm no doctor, but that's a poor <laughs> diagnosis. <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah it's yeah you're absolutely right you're absolutely right that is a poor diagnosis yeah, i looked and, under uh, wikipedia under extrovert and i think i saw your picture <laughs> <laughs> yes you are absolutely right and i, and never, I mean that as a compliment <laughs> oh absolutely and you're right you're absolutely right because I think I had this preconceived notion that, that I was an introvert because everyone else labeled me as an introvert. Mm, yeah. When in fact, you know, I'm very social, very outgoing, very networking type, love to meet new people, forge new relationships. And um, so when we first moved here, I think there was kind of this encapsulated mindset because of the environment and surroundings I was mm. in. At a very early age, I was very passionate about technology. You know, um, in one of my father's first business endeavors, he owned a small pizza joint here in St. Louis, Missouri. You know, things that I would do after God's country. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, 
So I would do things like, you know, dismantling his computer and playing with software and like things just, you know, a 14, 15 year old kid really shouldn't be doing. Probably just do, should be doing my homework. But, <laughs> you know, I, I refrained from doing that. I was technology was something that was very intricate to me. I loved it. And I think I knew at a very early age that, you know, the Internet specifically was the next best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, it's just it was at a such a mature uh premature stage it was so immature at that point so this was 1994 1995 you know long time ago at this point you know and that was probably one of the earliest signs of kind of exploring with technology getting into it um being really a tech geek at heart and kind of fast forward from there you know uh started my career in 2006 in internet marketing literally just shop, saw a job mm -hmm. ad out there jumped in had no idea that I had a neck for this. So kind of worked myself from there, you know, self-taught myself how to code websites, uh, self-taught myself how to do internet marketing, search engines, remember MySpace. And I think these days yeah. people might unfriend me on Facebook if I tell them that I was on MySpace, but um, that's- <laughs> They all were, they just won't admit exactly. it. <laughs> exactly, you know, I think everyone was. And um, I even remember back in high school, as we used to get, you know, uh, kicks out of with other friends popping in our AOL CD and getting on the internet and hearing that crackling noise. And so that was, that was entertaining. So fast forward, kind of started out in 2006, self-taught myself how to do internet marketing, kind of grew from there. You know, I uh, worked in the agency world, was fortunate to work with a lot of startups, uh, helping them build their digital service offerings. Um, then for the last, let's see, from 2011 to 2015, I had the opportunity to teach search engine marketing uh -huh. at the university level. That was a really great opportunity because um, the assistant professor that was heading up that program kind of reached out to me and said, hey, you know, uh, you seem to be someone who, you know, uh, practices what he preaches. You're result driven. You know, would you be interested in doing this? I'm like, well, I'll be honest with you. I've never taught anything. So, you know, let's take a stab at this. And, you know, something that I wanted to share, too, is everything I've done in my career that's led up to where I'm today running my own startup Everything has been self-taught. You know, I was a kid who dropped out of college in my first two years because I just didn't really have interest uh, in what I was doing. I was going after IT uh, because I thought that IT was something that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that, right. you know, entrepreneurship, uh, networking, uh, building your dreams, making your dreams a reality was really what was at the core of what I wanted to do. Because after all, when I thought about it, you know, my father worked so hard to, to where he is today. And a lot of what he did was for his family also. So why not embrace that opportunity? An yeah. opportunity of a lifetime is to be able to make your dreams a reality. So that's kind of the, I guess, we'll call it the Cliff's Notes version of, sure. of Ivan and uh, who Ivan is. Well, I, I, uh, one thing you touched on right there, I don't, I don't want to just kind of skip by because uh, in a lot of our interviews, we talk about the idea that nothing leading up to today is wasted. So, I mean, you can look back and see all of the experiences you had, even even going back to childhood experiences that that are yeah. that have made you who you are today. But primarily in the digital space, I mean, how many different things have you taught yourself to do, or you just tried? And yet, when you're we get to you know razor sharp digital today, it's kind of an amalgamation of all these things that you've put you've you've experienced and and yep. and you know been involved in up to this point. So, tell me. What what would you say? Um, well, give me the give me the elevator pitch of Razor Sharp Digital. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what Razor Sharp Digital. 
Razor Sharp Digital is a human-centric digital agency that uh, we work with brands and helping them become more human-centric through omnichannel. Um, so this is, in essence, everything that has to do under the digital umbrella, but work with brands and companies to become more humanized, more personalized, and be able to reach their customers. Mm-hmm. So how long, when was, when was this specific company founded? So actually coming up on two years here in May at this point, um, you know, uh, interestingly enough, uh, every time someone asks me about what I do, uh, these days I think I refrain from mentioning the word startup because uh, (laughs) I was talking to someone who's very successful recently. They said, look, you're degrading yourself when you say that you're a startup because immediately when you say startup, people are like, oh, this guy's broke, has no money, and he's trying to, to make ends meet. That's like literally... The perception of, of, of a startup, right? And right. truth be told, uh, it, it is a startup, you know, and it's a startup upwards to four or five years because most businesses don't actually come to fruition or, as they say, go into the green until the fourth or fifth year uh, mark. So it's it's two years running coming up in May. It's been 100% my, my bread and butter, and um, I'll continue to ride the craziness for as long as I can <laughs> withstand it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that craziness, tell me, tell me what you've experienced in the last couple of years as as maybe the lowest point of of your mm-hmm. company. You know, uh, there's been a lot of low points. That's that's kind of uh, a, a, a part of entrepreneurship. As you, you mentioned, other experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but does which, one really stick out in your mind? You know, it's probably the times when there was like downtime, like when things seemed stagnant, like. Uh, and, and that's probably one of the lowest points because it's kind of like when you when you have a business, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions with entrepreneurs is, is just that they feel like, you know, consistent cash flow should be kind of evident to mm-hmm. everything. And one of the things that, that I've learned, you know, one of my lowest points has been is that moments of, of being stagnant when, you know, there's no business coming in at that time. It kind of feels like you're plateauing and literally that's probably one of the worst times for an entrepreneur because literally your head starts going into a million different directions yeah. wondering about is this going to work or right is this worth it mm-hmm. is this is this worth the sacrifice literally and that is actually you know that low point happens multiple times because um until you actually get to that green phase four or five years down mm-hmm. the road uh, which by the way 99 percent of entrepreneurs don't make it that long yeah because um, they get discouraged, you know, uh, unforeseen things happen um, that prohibit them from kind of, you know, following that path. So the low point has been, you know, being stagnant and, and feeling frustrated that wondering whether or not what you're doing is worthwhile. Let me let me ask you a question related to that. Is is it a misnomer to think that in those in those, uh, say, lulls in the business that that's your really that's your opportunity to, to create more that's your opportunity to put better systems in place or is is it is it almost the opposite effect in when you're running your business that even in the busiest times that's when you're most creative that's when you're most effective most efficient what's what has been your experience well you're absolutely right you hit the nail on the head there on that one is when those low points or when you have that feeling for low points is when you really need to focus that's your best mm. time to focus. That's your best time 
to really figure out your processes, your operations, maybe start working on new projects, you know, and think about, okay, what can I do next to continue to evolve and grow? Um, Self, uh, more self-education, more personal development. Mm -hmm. These are all essential things that can be done in the downtime. And, you know, as someone who, who, you know, being in the digital world and primarily in the agency world is that I couldn't quite, quite grasp that when I would have those low points. Like it literally took me probably about a year or so to kind of figure out when those low points would hit, like what to focus on, like what to do then, literally. Right. And um, that's exactly it is, is that I would focus, I would I would start to um, or go back to planning also and kind of revive my plan, my processes, mm-hmm. um, work on more relationship building also, you that's know, a, just going yeah. to meeting people. That's a that's a good word, and I, I want our listeners to really listen to that because they, you are going to have periods that are that are down. You're going to have you know mm-hmm. valleys in your in the uh, kind of the business cycle, and uh, so it, it's it would be easy to be to get depressed in those valleys and just kind of think, oh well, you know, just almost have a pity party. I, well, I don't have any business. So I'm just you know I'm just going to have to sit here and wait and right. think more creative ways to get more business. But it may be an exact opportunity to to put better systems in place, like you mentioned. But we never like to end on a low note. So tell me tell me what's been your highest high since you've started Razor Sharp. Um, probably the highest high you know has been working with. Uh, clients that I, I would never anticipate working with in the past. It's kind of like, you know, you reach, you try to reach so high. And so my high has been really is this landing opportunities that I thought were unrealistic hmm. uh, otherwise. And uh, as an entrepreneur, I think, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned depression. Depression is a big problem with entrepreneurs. It really is, especially around the holidays, because yeah. there's just so many things that, that become so evident like if you have family, if you have kids, most entrepreneurs worry about cash flow, paying bills, you know, the financial aspect mm-hmm. um, of that. And so the highs, you know, for me has been as landing unrealistic opportunities. That otherwise, I would have thought that would, would, would happen. And look, any entrepreneurs, any entrepreneur, I think, is uh, capable of landing those opportunities. You just have to be able to set your goals so high and always strive for high expectations because, I think also entrepreneurs kind of encapsulate themselves mm-hmm. in thinking that, you know, I'm incapable of doing this, you know. Um, so my heist has been really landing opportunities that, you know, as we were chatting earlier, um, the ability to teach at a university mm-hmm. level, I never thought that I would, this was actually prior to Razor Sharp Digital. And right. I actually exited out of that opportunity so I could focus on my business also. But that was an opportunity, you know, that, that I never thought that I would land. You know, and that was a great opportunity, you know, um, to be able to teach, to provide continued education to other people who are interested, you know, in learning more about digital. So um, that was absolutely uh, a high. um, Another high I can think of is really kind of building my personal brand also Mm -hmm. online. That has really been, you know, phenomenal. Um, You know, I used to do a lot of guest blogging. Um, you know, with starting my podcast, uh, also, uh, being able to, to talk some, to talk to some, um, celebrities, you know, uh, uh, Elena Cardone, Forbes Riley, a couple of the guests that I had on my podcast. And, you know, honestly, I think I was in this mindset that they were unreachable, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that they had the superstardom that they were incapable of reaching, but you know what? They're just human beings like everyone else. 
they're not something superstitious that you know people can't reach and i think i was in that mindset for a long period of time that i can't reach these people because they're so preoccupied with what they're doing you know so that was kind of another high is being able to reach these people right. talk to these people and understand that look they you know everyone has a need every entrepreneur every business owner out there so that was like one of the one of the highs i think is being able to exceed my expectations hmm. yeah well i you know after this interview i'm just gonna what you do with the with uh you know grant cardone's wife i'm gonna say i had ivan Temelkoff on my on my podcast so yep. you know it does kind of cycle down it's absolutely. like cascades so <laughs> yeah absolutely you know it's and that's actually something that I want to share also to your listeners, too, is this, that never try to encapsulate yourself. Never try to limit yourself. Mm. Because the reality of things is with entrepreneurship, specifically, you've got to be out comfort zone. You yeah. have to be uncomfortable 24-7, 365. Yeah. You literally have to develop that kind of a mindset, that kind of a lifestyle, because when you are comfortable is when you really need to worry because then you're not doing anything to innovate. You know, it's kind of like what's frequenting the news now with Toys R Us going out of business. Yep. You know, everybody's talking that, well, this is a brand that started in 1948. Um, a lot of people didn't that, you know, they outsourced commerce to Amazon in the earlier days because they were in disbelief of e-commerce and the Internet. Well, Amazon kind of dominated the retail space and now is causing the in, largely in part the demise of Toys R Us because e-commerce is such a huge part. So again, is using that example as be uncomfortable 24/7 yeah. 365. Innovate, do things that you otherwise wouldn't do. Get chills down your spine when you're doing it too because if you're getting those chills, then you're doing something that you otherwise wouldn't do. It's out of the comfort That's zone. Kind of yeah. Yeah, I think that that uh, Toys R Us is not the last that that, that that Amazon will probably eat. So, um, I, yeah, I'd seen something that actually you posted earlier about that, maybe on Facebook or maybe LinkedIn or something. Yeah. So I, yeah. I had seen that, but so tell me, just give us one or two pain points that, that you experience on a fairly regular basis. I mean, you kind of touched on one about the, the, yeah. the business cycle and the lulls, but, but be really specific. Give us, give us two pain points that, that you, that you experience with your business that our, our listenership may be able to speak into? Mm -hmm. So uh, sales and uh, relationship building are probably two, and these are probably two of the most intricate pain points that I think any entrepreneur, any business owner will face. Um, because as an entrepreneur, especially in the earlier stages, mm -hmm. you kind of have to become good at sales. Like you, you really have to understand the importance of relationship building and how to forge those relationships. Um, because one of the unfortunate parts about being a startup, starting your own business, is that you kind of wear multiple hats. <laughs> and right. unfortunately, sales and relationship building is, which kind of go hand in mm -hmm. hand, you know, you have to almost master those. And honestly, for me, you know, those are still two main points because I can talk to people, I can build relationships, but it takes time. And, you know, over time you learn, you kind of have this formula that you develop on like how you build those relationships, what to look for in terms of your business. And then on the sales side specifically is, you know, um, developing your pitch deck, you know, approaching people, uh, being more upfront, you know, um, uh, fear 
<laughs> you know, fearing sales is big. And that's something that I think from my childhood days still at times kind of tends to get the best of me because I allow fear, you know, to, to, to overcome me. And this happens very seldom these days. It wasn't, it's not as bad as it was when I first started out. But sales and relationship building are probably two of the biggest pain points, uh, I think. And in fact, these two points, I think, are, are, can be detrimental to a lot of entrepreneurs because if you can't get that going, if you can't build those relationships or you don't have pre-existing relationships and you don't have a sales process in place, then it's going to be very, very hard for okay. you. Okay. To- I, I'm I'm letting you circle around this. I want you. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you land the plane right now. So, if you could, <laughs> in one line, say, I mean, you just said sales and relationships. So, mm-hmm. give me a specific pain point related to sales. Say, I I struggle in overcoming the ability to close, uh, the fear of initial contact. What specifically in sales is is do you think is is your biggest pain point, mm-hmm. and what specifically in relationship building? Because I'm trying to lay the foundation for people to be able to speak into this specifically for right. for issues instead of kind of generic categories. So see, see yeah, how so, see you land that plane for me. Um, you're, so you, you hit the nail on the head is um, I fear the ability to close. That's literally my biggest fears. And I think it's because um, I think as a digital guy for such a long period of time is just that I never actually did the closing process in sales. So uh-huh. that, that has been, I have that fear of closing, of actually asking for that sale. Yeah. And I think it was a lot worse almost two years ago when I started out because these days it's kind of like I try to drive it through the funnel and then finally be like, all right, is this something that you'd like to work on? You know, in fact, I just landed on a new piece of business this weekend. I'm like, Literally yesterday, I was uh, at a launch, and I literally was like, "Is this something that you like to work on?" Like literally, just flat out. Great question. The, yeah. So you know that or was. When can we get started? <laughs> yeah. When do we get started? It's like, boom, let's go. You get Ivan today, not tomorrow, not next week, and you know that's a, maybe for a, a different topic or a conversation as part of the approach. But you're absolutely right. A fear of you know asking for the sale. Okay, land the relationship plane now. Yeah. So the relationship plane is basically understanding that time and patience are intricate. That's it. Mm. When it comes to relationships, it's time and patience, time and patience. You've got, if there's anything that I've learned is you've got all the time in the world. And I think most entrepreneurs are misled to believe that they work within a specific time segment. Like if, if you're within, you know, you've jumped into a different time zone, you've right. leaked ahead into time and like that's your block that's your you know designated space and that's not true you know time and patience on relationships you got to remember that because some of my best clients are people that i've known for three four five years and they continue to to work with me whether it's off and on or consistently um and you got to understand that that's what business is it's like it's almost like raising a child, time and patience, literally. Yeah, you know, that's a good and analogy. That's so a good that's, analogy. Yeah, so that's, and that's what people don't understand, I think, because a lot of entrepreneurs, especially young entrepreneurs, seek that instant gratification. And that's not what entrepreneurship and business is, time and patience. Yeah. Ivan, thank you for, for uh, 
clearly laying those out. I think it's going to give us give our listeners a chance to to speak into that those particular pain points. But I want to drill down a little deeper, get inside your head a little bit, get inside your heart on these these last few questions. And so, who do you who do you follow? Give me one person that you follow online that is really inspiring to you, and and give me a kind of a, a brief why. Um, I would probably say Gary Vaynerchuk, mm. to be honest. Yeah. Um, and the reason, the reason why I follow Gary is, is I think, so a couple of reasons actually why I follow him. So, um, I learned about him quite a while ago. Uh, it's been several years now that I can remember, um, even going back to when he was doing the YouTube videos with wine library and all right. of that, basically being that guy spitting wine into a bucket on YouTube and everybody thinking that he was crazy. But I, I can resonate as a fellow, I guess, immigrant, because mm-hmm. it was someone that, you know, uh, was from from the outside, came and he self-taught himself everything, literally, self-taught himself everything. And he was one of those innovators and people who were constantly pushing. Not to mention is this that he's probably one of the best salesmen I, I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, yeah, he can he close. Can literally, he can close. Like, I mean, and it's not just about closing, it's about building the relationship, so awareness, interest, right. intent, and and conversion, but he does it so seamlessly. And it's not just following Gary online. You know, I've read several of his books. I've got, you know, Jab, 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 Right Hook, which I read. Um, I read his Instagram book also that he did two years ago. Now he's got Crushing, Crushing it, yeah. book, which is a follow-up. And to be honest with you, as in all of those books, I don't necessarily look at the the business or the social aspect of this. This is what's what's intriguing, but it's the human element of hacking human culture. Yeah. That's what that's what he's so good at. Yeah. Is and the more I realized when I was starting Razor Sharp Digital, is human centricity is a big part of business, and that's why Gary really kind of intrigued with me. So I follow him. I, I, I like his books. Um, and he's Eastern I, European descent. And in Eastern European descent, exactly. So. Being a little unorthodox, which he is, is and that's another thing is just in business, by the way, in entrepreneurship, you gotta be unorthodox. Yep. Yep. You know, be different than everybody else. In fact, some of my former bosses who still message me on Facebook wishing me have a great day or have a great week seven, eight years later after working for them, you know, they finally realize that after six, seven years being in business, you know, that He's you gotta do be it. different. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, to be unorthodox, to be, yep. and and that was, I think, one of the challenges for me too. And that's what I love about Gary. You know, well, he certainly stands out. He certainly stands out. So, let me, uh, yep. let me, let me move on to the next point and tell me a life quote that that you would say really drives your you daily. What's one thing Ooh. you have taped up on your wall somewhere? Uh, you know what? It's not taped on the wall, but it will be blasted probably on the wall somewhere in my next house. Because I'm, we're definitely working on that. It's less talking, more doing. You know, I, I'm expecting you to have a T-shirt that says that in your next uh, like Facebook Live <laughs> video, lo- along with your one life hat. So, less yeah. talking, more doing. That's going to be on the feedback feedback notes in great big bold yeah. letters in a in a in a brand like a like a uh, section right in the middle of the notes. So we'll put that in there. Give me uh, give me one piece of advice that if you could go back you know, say two years before you started Razor Sharp Digital, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself that you think would help 
uh, help our listeners as well that may be in similar situations, kind of this, the early stage startup? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. You know, there, there's so many. One I think that probably sticks out is um, never worry about what other people's perception is of you. Never worry about other people's opinions. Wow. Great because um, that is probably one of the quickest ways to go insane if you worry about what people think about you. And I actually did a, a video not too long ago, actually yesterday, about talking about the three different stages of modern biz growth, which is proof of concept, evolution, and growth. In the proof of concept stages, you get a lot of people who uh, don't see value in what you do. They just don't understand you, basically. And that's probably one of the, the longest, most tedious stages of business, especially when you start out because, you know, people think that you may be doing the same thing as everybody else. Um, they don't see value in a product or your service. Uh, they think you're crazy, that you're you're doing stuff with, like, no instant gratification, no return on investment because entrepreneurs look at that ROI, you know. So right. uh, that's probably the best advice that I would give is never worry about other people's opinions, focus on what you're good at, focus on your passion. What are you passionate about? What are you going to do? What can you do every day for the rest of your life without looking at it from a monetary standpoint? Just put the noise behind you. Just, just put the noise behind you. So I, can you send me a link to that video and I can put that in the, in the show notes as well. The, the video you just referenced there. Well, I want to make sure that that's on and, and on the website on your on your episode page as well. So as we wrap up today, what is, uh, is there anything specifically that I haven't asked you about that you just want to touch on really quickly as we, as we close out here. And, and then I'm going to ask you how people can find you online. Sure. Uh, wow. I, first of all, thank you for the opportunity. I am, I'm, I'm always intrigued about talking entrepreneurship business. Um, you know, without, before I forget my, my train of thought is, um, yeah. So before I forget, my train of thought is any entrepreneur listening to this is I would encourage them to ensure that they have the right reason behind entrepreneurship, mm. that you get into entrepreneurship for the right reasons. But if you're chasing the money from day one, that's a counterintuitive approach to entrepreneurship. And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do. They chase money. So the best advice I would in closing, I would say is Make sure that you have a valid reason that you're comfortable with that can drive you as an inspiration, motivation every day behind entrepreneurship. Outside me, the money. Outside the money, exactly. Because yeah. the money will come if you know you keep doing what you love, you have processes that you set in place. Now, for me, just to reveal with your listeners, is that the number one reason is family. I wanted to spend more time with my family. I knew that I wouldn't have the flexibility doing a nine-to-five. Not mm-hmm. to mention is that my dreams would never come true if I was working for someone else. Yeah. So family was always first. And in fact, this is something that, you know, I love about Gary because everything he's done is ultimately leads up long term to one day when he does sell his companies. And I think he will is to basically rest on that fortune that he's built to be able to spend more time with his family and by the New York Jets and by the New York Jets. Right. <laughs> 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 he has two gold, two driving forces in life, family yep. and by the New York Jets. Well, yep. Ivan, it has been a pleasure to have you on today, man. You, there's a, there's a lot of value in, in the things you've shared. And, and this is just this is just the beginning. So I, I want to you know, we've we've talked offline. We've 
mm-hmm. Facebook message. We've talked on the phone. We've emailed back and forth. And um, I always want to be a resource for you as well. And, and I just really appreciate you taking the time this morning and uh, once again coming to us from God's country of the state of Missouri and uh, <laughs> just letting us know, letting us peek inside your your business and your head a little bit. And and uh, but. Listeners, it's your chance, your chance now to speak into the pain points that Ivan mentioned. And uh, just we this is really the unique, the kind of the USP of Rising Tide Startups is, I mean, there's a lot of interview podcasts out there, but we want to actively, proactively engage the listening audience and say, you need to speak into this. You need to offer your feedback. There's and don't think that you don't have anything to offer. I mean, it is life experience mm-hmm. is what really is going to drive this and like we like to end every podcast episode with your feedback, all boats rise in a rising tide. Ivan, thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Kevin.